0: Welcome to the Happy Valley Baptist Church Sermons Podcast. We are so glad that you have decided to listen to the message that God has brought through Brother Gary this week. This sermon was recorded on Sunday, June tenth, 2018, and released on Wednesday, December 8, 2021. This week's message is titled, What Do You Stand For?, and the scripture reference is Daniel, chapter 6, verses 7-22. through 22. My prayer is that this message is a blessing to you. Sit back relax, and enjoy the sermon. Okay, today
1: we would like to bring the message on what do you stand for? If you listen to the current news, or if you overhear people talking at the coffee shop, Christians might wonder, what country is this? What happened to the America I grew up in? The truth is, America is in the middle of war a cultural war. This war started in the 1960s. Our government removed prayer from school. They removed the Ten Commandments from public places where it could be seen and legitimized abortion as a form of birth control. For believers, America does seem like a foreign country. How do we survive and live our Christian testimony in a country that is in moral decline. We simply must stand on our Christian beliefs, folks. We all, and I mean all of us, must stand up for Jesus Christ until God calls us home. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you, Lord, thanking you for the blessings you've given us. We pray that the word might, might be an inspiration to people's hearts. Be with us now as, as we bring your message. In your precious name I pray. Amen. You heard me mention that America's in the middle of a war, a cultural war. Why did this cultural war happen? Well, churches are the main ones to blame. Churches did not do their job in standing up for what's right. I'll give you an example. When that Supreme Court passed that 1962. Decision that said prayer was unconstitutional in schools. Churches across America should have revolted. They should have been involved in revolutions, going to their congressmen, their senators, and the presidents, and said, we want them Supreme Court justices impeached because they broke God's law when they took that stand. And they've done nothing, practically nothing, but evil decisions ever since Christians doctrine and morals ruled America prior to the 1960's oh there were sinful people there were people that enjoyed their sins but they were not a majority they were a minority these sinners were a small minority of this country's population that's why we were known as a Christian nation we deserved that title prior to the 1960's we were a Christian nation Most of our moral decline can be blamed on our Supreme Court. After I get through saying these next few things, you're going to get the idea I don't like the Supreme Court. Well, you're right. Our presidents have appointed some sorry people to this court, and the Supreme Court has made itself the law-making, ungodly court of the land. If you read the Constitution, the Supreme Court cannot write law, folks. That is only allowed by the Senate and the House of Representatives. They write law. The court can only say they agree with it or they don't agree with it. But whatever they say is not law, okay? Yet when they make their ridiculous decisions, everyone trembles in their shoes and bows down to their ungodly court. These rogues dressed in their robes of justice have attacked Christianity with all their might. They t- attacked prayer and school, first of all. Then Christian values like the Ten Commandments are not allowed on court lawns, are not allowed in courthouses. And that the judicial law is built upon the Ten Commandments and, and the judicial law in America. They legalized... Abortion is a form of birth control and legalized the marriage of homosexuals, a direct slap in every Christian's face. This cultural war has escalated so much that now, Christians, you and I, as a Christian, we are labeled as bigots, racist, homophobic, or intolerant people at a minimum. Let's look at the word tolerance just a moment. Tolerance used to mean that you respected another person's point of view. That didn't mean you agreed. Yes, You respected his or her right to hold that view. I've always been the type that you, you have a right to be wrong. So whatever it is, I disagree with. But the fact is, that's not what tolerance is. Tolerance should be that you respect another person's point of view. Let me give you today's definition of tolerance. I respect your viewpoint as long as it agrees with mine. They believe that we're, because we're as Christians, we believe different than the majority of this country. They think that we're a bunch of jerks. Today, some people and churches have made compromises that are rewriting the Bible. It is done to accommodate this new definition of tolerance. These churches will not talk about homosexuality because it might offend someone. Nor will they condemn abortion as sin. These people are saying with their compromises that we do not believe the Bible. And folks, as long as I'm your pastor at Happy Valley, I will preach that These things are sins. Homosexuality, murdering these little babies, 60 million now. That is sin, folks. For believers, America does seem like a foreign country. What happened to our old TV shows? Remember the days, well, I guess my age now, I have to say 50 years ago, (laughs) when we saw shows on TV like uh, Andy Griffith, Father knows best. I could go on and on about all these little sitcoms they used to have. They were good, clean, family-oriented television. You wouldn't mind your child watching it, or your mother, either one. I guarantee you that what's on TV today, I wouldn't allow my mama to watch it, and I certainly wouldn't allow a child to watch it. It is so bad. What happened to our music? It used to be very entertaining. You could actually understand the words. And it didn't sound like an angry tribe in Africa. (laughs) What about literature where you could enjoy good reading? Oh, my goodness. As morals changed, so did dress standards. Today's dress standards show much more than they hide and churches used to be packed on sunday morning now we normally are but we got a lot of vacationers now but our moral decay has lowered us to third world status how do christian service survive and thrive among this moral decline in america today well let's look at somebody that did back in biblical days okay in the book of Daniel, chapter 6, you'll look in verse, well, we'll read that in a minute. But we're going to be talking about Daniel, a godly young man in an ungodly country. You see, Babylon was a pagan land controlled by Satan. Daniel was a young man who believed in God and, and trusted in God's laws and lived by God's laws. Enemies had overrun Israel Daniel and all the Jewish people were captured and taken to the land of Babylon, uh, which Babylon, if you don't know, is in current day Iraq. Okay. While in this land, this was land that was run by pagan laws, pagan gods. Uh, He was Daniel was relocated to this pagan land, and yet he maintained his Christian testimony. Satan controlled Babylon. And sin ruled their culture. Daniel could have done what many people do today. He had a right to. If you want to look at it from a practical standpoint, he could have blamed the government. He could blame the schools. He could have blamed his environment. He was put in. Uh, Daniel could have blamed many things for not honoring God and following His law. But no, that wasn't what happened. He could have told God, compromise is reasonable. I have a right to compromise. Look where you put me. I'm in the middle of all these sinful people. How do you expect me to live my godly life here? Well, the Lord had placed Daniel in an ungodly place, okay. But Daniel did not compromise his testimony. He continued to be true to the one living God. So how does a minority in a land of sinful people function? Well, Daniel and his Jewish brethren were definitely a minority in the land of sinful people. Just as you and I are a minority in a a sinful land today, the United States of America. We could beat our chest and sound off about how deplorable the world has become, but then do absolutely nothing about it. Nothing. Be silent, hang your head, and act like a widow. That's the way the Christians did back in the 60s when they refused to fight. Or we could follow Daniel's example and take a stand for what's right. Look in verse number 7 of chapter 6 of Daniel, it says, "All the presidents of the kingdom, the governors and the princes and counselors, the captains have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree" that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for thirty days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing, that it be not changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which authoreth not. Wherefore, King Darius, signed the writing and the decree. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, He went into his house, and his window being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. See, they made this law. They didn't like Daniel. Daniel was kind of a favorite of King Darius, he was used quite a bit in his court. And they made this law where where Daniel lived in Babylon, that no one could pray to any god other than King Darius. Daniel was willing to take a stand for what he believed in, though. He knew what the law said, but it didn't matter. With his windows open, he bowed down and prayed to God three times a day so anybody could see him praying. Daniel knew that he would be thrown into a lion's den for praying to his god. Still, he prayed to his God. He didn't care if he got thrown into the lion's den. That is what it means to take a stand. So how do we face this cultural war head on that we live in today? Daniel gave us an example how to face the cultural war. In between Daniel and he prayed and, and just summarizing in general terms, they arrested him uh, King Darius did not want to throw him into the lion's den because he loved Daniel, but he had to. He had signed his name on the dotted line. It was a law. So he had Daniel thrown into the lion's den. They covered the den with a rock, and a seal was placed on it with his signet from his ring, stating that he had been thrown in for punishment, and he was not to be taken out for any reason. Well... If we start reading in verse number 18, you'll see it affected the king quite a bit. Then the king went to his palace and passed the night fasting. Neither were instruments of music brought before him and his sleep went from him. Darius had fulfilled the law and cast Daniel into the lion's den, but it made him sick. He did not sleep. He did not eat. He did not have anybody come in to entertain him. He spent a sleepless night word about his friend Daniel. Verse number 19, Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste unto the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lion's Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. O my God has sent his angel and have shut the lion's mouth, and they have not hurt me. For as much as before him innocence was found in me, and I also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. Daniel had taken his punishment. As Christians, we need to follow Daniel's example. We must face God, face this cultural war head on. We need to follow God. We need to use God's tools and resources to fight for change. Daniel never compromised. He even helped the king believe in the one holy God above all the false gods that they had. How should we fight this cultural war we are in? Well, first of all, and most important of all, we need to live a godly life people need to be able to look at you and say, there is a Christian. As believers, we must lead the lost to Christ. We are an evangelical church and we win people to Christ and, and we need to stay a soul-witted church. That's what Jesus Christ expects, nothing else. We should invite people to our church, our children, our grandchildren, our friends, and associates, Daniel knew his government's leaders and he wasn't afraid to call them out. Ask your elected officials and candidates for office if they're saved. Attend church. Ask them the important questions that need to be answered. Who cares what they care about the environment or whatever? But it is important to know if they're a Christian or not. That's probably the most important question you can ask them. Ask these leaders how they stand on homosexuality abortion, definition of marriage, Christian liberty, and the list goes on and on. You need to vote God-fearing leaders into office. At the back, uh, Kathy has assembled some stacks of papers. These are papers that are telling us what our major three parties believe in. That's only We only have three parties on the ballot in New Mexico. And they're all back there. You know, knowing what we know now as Christians, as human beings, we would not ever be a part of the Nazi Party or of the Communist Party. We know what those parties are. They're evil. We, You probably wouldn't want anybody to know you're a member of the Ku Klux Klan either, would you? Well, You might be surprised at what some of these parties believe. Uh, Feel free to take one. We need to be sure that we are in a political party that matches our Christian morals and values. If you find out you want to change but you don't like none of the others, there's a classification down at the county clerk's office called independent. You can be an independent voter if you don't want none of the parties. Okay, But don't be part of a party that believes in sin and corruption and immorality. Daniel did not ignore his cultural war. He took it on by following God. As a result, God was always beside him. And we too can win our cultural war if we follow God. If you follow God into the political process You need to get engaged, you need to be engaged, and you need to stay engaged. Let's all bow our heads in prayer as we pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the blessings you've given us. We thank you for this country. This country has fallen into sin. It's not what it once was, but it's still the best country in the world. So we're praying for revival, Father. We're praying that churches across America will stand up and take a stand for what is right. Quit being jelly beans, refusing to preach the truth. Lord, give them courage to be what they should be. In your precious name I pray, amen.
0: Thank you for listening to the message today. I pray that you know Jesus as your personal Savior. If you do not know Jesus as your personal Savior and would like to talk with someone, we would love to talk with you. We are in the Carlsbad, New Mexico area at 4103 West Texas Street. Sunday school starts at 9.30 a.m. and Sunday morning services start at 10.45 a.m. We also have a Wednesday night Bible study that meets at 6 p.m. We encourage you to get connected to a local church in your community and get involved in spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. To stay up to date on all the happenings at Happy Valley Baptist Church, you can go to facebook.com slash hvbcnm. That is facebook.com slash hvbcnm, as in Happy Valley Baptist Church, New Mexico. To find additional podcast sermons, you can go to podcast.hvbcnm.org. Thank you and God bless.